Blog Talk Radio. Redistribute the wealth, economic equality are buzzwords that our own president has used. There is history, there's quantifiable data to prove that these buzzwords, this economic philosophy that he's touting does not work. Capitalism versus collectivism, and collectivism fails. How many more industries will Obama fail? He's the six trillion dollar man, hoping change it was a scam. Every baby born owing 50 grand to Uncle Sam. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. Six trillion dollar man doesn't have a budget plan. Basic economics is something he doesn't understand. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. You're telling me he's leading, I'll just tell you you are blind. Term golfed over a hundred times, taking 61 vacations. Is he out of his mind? And he's bowing to Saudi kings, he must be out of his mind. He's demonizing success with pay your fair share, which is pure hypocrisy. He's a multimillionaire, don't you dare claim you build a business from scratch. Cause as the old Obama saying goes, he didn't build that. He's King George, and we compose the colonies when terrorists attack. He issues them apologies. Adding trillions to the debt Cause that's Obama policy Since be your brother's keeper But won't help his own in poverty He's putting off the debt On the backs of the children Can't create a net job But promise two million Obamacare raises taxes by 500 billion We gotta vote him out If he wants the country healing He's the six trillion dollar man Hoping change it was a scam Every baby born Owing 50 grand to Uncle Sam You didn't build that You didn't build that That's Obama style you didn't build that, you didn't build that That's Obama style Six trillion dollar man doesn't have a budget plan Basic economics is something he doesn't understand You didn't build that, you didn't build that That's Obama style You didn't build that, you didn't build that That's Obama style Spreading the wealth is absolutely not charity. You really want America with prosperity. That means what you earned. You don't get to keep. He says we're going forward off a cliff. Yeah, a big leap. But he's a collectivist, so what can you expect? He wants you to sign your check over to the IRS. Biden's countless gas on my numbers to observe. He spelled out jobs as a three-letter word. Obama doesn't like to leave. He'd rather be dancing 40 grand a Play bag with up at Clooney's mansion. See, Clint Eastwood made this very evident. Every time you see an empty chair, you see the president. When you're going to get gas, don't you feel you're being robbed? Well, the Keystone Pipeline is a shovel-ready job. And I'm so tired of this Barack the hero drama. Steel Team 6 got Osama, not Obama. He's the $6 trillion man, hoping change it was a scam. Every baby born owing 50 grand to Uncle Sam. He did you didn't build that. You didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. That's Obama style. Six trillion dollar man doesn't have a budget plan. Basic economics is something he doesn't understand. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. That's Obama style. So this is the Obama nation that we're living in. Fifty thousand dollars a debt per citizen. Twenty-three million Americans out of a job. The Dora. Opportunity, it needs a new life. He spent 5.4 trillion, so remember this fall. If we re elect Obama, there's no future at all. Cut the spending now. Oh, yeah, before I forget, young Americans have to pay back that national debt. He's a six trillion dollar man, hoping change it was a scam. Every baby born owing 50 grand to Uncle Sam. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. Six trillion dollar man doesn't have a budget plan. Basic economics is something he doesn't understand. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. Six trillion dollar man, hoping change it was a Every baby born over 50 grand to Uncle Sam. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. You didn't build that, you didn't build that. That's Obama style. Six trillion dollar man doesn't have a budget plan. Basic economics is something he doesn't understand. You didn't build that. I guess they forgot about that on election day. Welcome 
Welcome to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date, November 15, 2012, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun, and wow, we're here in beautiful Old Town Alexandria. I'll be spending my Thanksgiving on the farm in North Carolina. Where will you be? Hopefully, someone will be doing my show uh, for me um, Wednesday night and Thursday, uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe we'll do a, a best of show for Thursday in honor of Thanksgiving. You know, I tried to say it, uh, to, I tried to say it, uh, I, I tried to give an example. I gave an example, a couple of examples of how the government runs up debt and spends more than it takes in and how that is a detriment to our uh, security as a nation and our economy. Liberals will not hear it. And I've said this many times to my sons and my daughters and to people I really don't care for. Um, alike. I've said there will, no matter how hard you try to reason or threaten or cajole or bribe, there are those people out there who will not hear you. They do not care. So do your best to reason as best you can, but there are people who simply will not hear you. And liberals, well, they will not hear you when it comes to the deficit. And, oh, well, all you have to do, they say, is raise taxes on the rich. The rich need to pay more. And we'll be all right. It's those greedy rich people. But the math just doesn't work out that way. And the government is consistently spending more than it is taking in. So how do we, I mean, how do we get, how do we get those people, those Democrats to hear us? Is it even possible with now with Obama's re-election? How is it even possible that we can, that we, would we be able to get a group of people to hear us. Now, I've got the Fox Nation on in front of me, and uh, at the top of the list, the top caption is uh, the poverty president on Fox Nation. It reads, as President Obama is set to begin a second term, new statistics on American America's poverty rate indicates that nearly 50 million Americans, more than 16% of the population, are struggling to survive. New figures released by the Census Bureau this week found a spike in poverty numbers last year, going from 49 million in 2010 to 49.7 million last year. The numbers may come as a surprise to Congress, which estimated in September that the poverty rate would drop to 46.2 million. One of the most startling findings showed that almost 20% of American children continue to live in poverty. But there are those who will say, well, that's not Obama's fault. It's George Bush's fault, and it is the fault of those greedy rich people. But here's the thing. The president, the president is simply doubling down. He's saying that we're all... In this together, we're not sh shared prosperity, but shared sacrifice. Remember, he started out with shared sacrifice, and now he and, and later on he moved on to shared prosperity. Now I've got my good friend. I'm hopefully to, at some point to be my good friend Stan in the chat room tonight. And uh, welcome, Stan. I'm glad you're here. He was on the on the air with me last night. And he says he doesn't agree. But what is it that he doesn't agree with? The Census Bureau, which is 
alleged to be bipartisan. The numbers found that Hispanics and people living in urban areas had a higher chance of struggling to make it financially. Poverty among uh, full-time and part-time workers also saw a jump from uh, its 2010 numbers. Based on the formula implemented by the Census Bureau, California tops the list as the state most likely to bring about poverty. I guess, folks, what we have here is failure to communicate. (laughs) I've been wanting to say that for a while. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've been wanting to say that for a while. Here we go. We have a failure to communicate. There are those who will not hear us. You know, let's Let's just me and Stan right here and now put politics aside. Can we do that? Can we can we do that right here and now and just put politics aside and go and talk about and talk about the the numbers. And find out well and try to discover whether or not there's some common ground. Because I hear from liberals all the time. Well, I'll, they'll say, well, where are you getting your numbers, Dr. Jones? I'll say, well, I'm getting them my numbers from, you know, the uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Well, where are they getting their numbers and what agenda does they have? Oh, okay. Well, I'm getting my numbers from the Census Bureau. They've been doing this for a long time. Well, where are they getting their numbers from? Well, you, how do I know we they don't have a... No, no, no. Come on. Come on. So I got a debt crisis audio that perfectly explains what's going on and where we're headed. And if you will indulge me for just five minutes and 13 seconds of this broadcast, my U.S. debt crisis perfectly explained is going to explain it. And if you don't agree, then damn, because this is just the you know these are the numbers, and the one thing that numbers do not do is lie. Okay, so let's take a listen, and then maybe we'll get some callers in. Uh, the calling number is three four seven eight eight four eighty five hundred. Can you tell I've not had any espresso today? Is it? I mean, because I'm dragging right now. I I've been up since uh, since since three thirty this morning, and I have not had my triple vente white mochas on the corner of Union and King Street. Got to give them a shout out here in beautiful Old Town, Union and King Street, the one of the finest, one of the finest <laughs> Starbucks around. They always let me. Uh, they always look the other way while I am liberating those really fine chocolate espresso beans, the chocolate-covered espresso beans. When I lift, rather liberate a package of those um, tasty chocolate-covered espresso beans, nobody seems to be looking my way when I do it. And yet, for some reason, they all know that I'm doing it. I don't know, call me a klepto, I, you know, thief, whatever, but I know that I'm paying nearly $6 for coffee. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even be admitting this. But hey, let, please do listen to U.S. Dead Crisis Perfectly Explained, and then let's talk about it. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, Dr. C. Robert Jones. a lot of bills to pay. Almost $4 trillion worth every year. Uncle Sam's income is a little over $2 trillion per year. To make up the difference, the deficit, he does what most Americans do. He borrows money. When Uncle Sam takes out a loan, he calls it a bond. Bonds can be held by banks, investors, or even foreign governments. Uncle Sam has to promise to pay interest on these bonds 
just as you do on any loan you take out. Ever think about paying your mortgage with your credit card? That's exactly what Uncle Sam does. He takes out new loans, new bonds, so that he can make payments on the old ones. All those loans, and especially all that interest, adds up. Right now, Uncle Sam owes about $14 trillion. To put that in perspective, $14 trillion is about the same as the national GDP, the total value of all the goods and services produced by the American economy in an entire year. It's such a huge amount of money that Uncle Sam is starting to run out of people to borrow from, and he's having trouble just paying the interest on his loans. The obvious solution would be to either cut spending or increase taxes. But if he cuts spending, the people that he's spending money on would complain that they don't have money to spend and that he was hurting the economy. If he tried to raise taxes enough to close this gap, not only would people definitely have less money to spend, he'd probably have riots on his hands. So Uncle Sam chooses the easy way to make money. Just make it. He calls up the Federal Reserve, which is our central bank, and, like magic, dollars are created and deposited in banks all around America. The problem is that the more of something there is, the less it's worth. Same goes for the U.S. dollar. The more dollars there are, the less each one will buy. That's why commodities like gasoline, food, and gold become more expensive when Uncle Sam does his money-making magic. The commodities aren't really worth more. Your money is just worth less. That's called inflation. Remember the foreign governments that lent money to Uncle Sam? When they lent money to the American government, something interesting happened. It made the U.S. look richer and their countries look poorer. When a country looks poor compared to America, one dollar of our money buys a lot of their money. So they can pay their workers only a few pennies a day. With such low labor costs, they can sell their products in America for lower prices than any American manufacturer can. The easiest way for American companies to compete is to move their factories overseas and pay their workers a few pennies a day too. This contributes to a recession. Americans lose their jobs stop paying taxes, and start collecting government benefits like Medicaid and unemployment. This means that Uncle Sam has even less income and even more expenses. At the same time, the people who still have jobs are desperate to keep them, so they tend to do more work but not to get paid anymore. When your dollars are worth less and you're not earning more of them, that's called stagflation. And this is why Uncle Sam is in a catch-22. He can't raise taxes or cut spending without making the recession worse. And he can't have the Federal Reserve create more money without making inflation worse. For now, he can keep borrowing money, but since he can't even pay the interest on the loans he already has, it just makes his inevitable bankruptcy even worse. Whether it's in two months or two years, the day will come when Uncle Sam can no longer pay his bills. When that happens, the banks, investors, and foreign governments who are counting on that money won't be able to pay their bills. You see, just like Uncle Sam, governments, banks, and corporations don't actually have much money. Mostly, all they have is debt to each other. If one link in the debt chain stops paying, defaults, the whole thing falls apart. If investors can't pay their bills, corporations won't be able to pay their employees. If banks can't pay their bills, you won't be able to take out a loan, use a credit card, or even withdraw your savings. If foreign governments can't pay their bills, their own banks and corporations will have the same problems. That's called a global economic collapse. It's never happened before, so nobody really knows how bad it will be, how long it will last, or even how we'll eventually get out of it. The house of cards has already been built. There's no painless way to dismantle it now. All we can do is to educate each other about what's actually going on and to prepare for what may be very extraordinary circumstances. All right. We're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call in number is 347-884-8500. Did you get that? Did you, did you get that? Did you dig it? Uh, you can find this uh, video on YouTube. It's called the U.S. Debt Crisis 
perfectly explained. And also on one of my favorite websites, the American Thinker, uh, American Thinker videos. Does that make sense? Does it make sense to you, liberals? Does it make sense to you, conservatives? Because it makes sense to me. Now, what I got most from that audio, or rather from over here, it's a video, uh, what I got most from that is that there is no easy way to fix it. Republicans will be hard-pressed to solve this problem because the problem is so much ingrained in our American financial system. Democrats will have no easy fix for it. The issue here is the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, is saying that we need to raise taxes. Not raise taxes to pay down our debt, but to raise taxes to invest in people, roads, and that sort of thing. So that maybe in the future those people, teachers and such, will educate enough students so that at some point in the next 20 or so years, those folks will go out and get good jobs maybe and then earn enough money so that they're paying taxes into the system. That's the problem I have here with, with the president. He wants to raise taxes not to attempt to pay down the debt, from us millionaires and billionaires. He wants to take that money and spend it. But as I spoke uh, to Stan about last night, on last night's episode, last night's broadcast, when people like me, and I'm not rich by the standard measure of uh, what a rich man is in terms of his financial gains, I'm not quite like that. But what happens when I'm taxed more? Well, I'm going to most likely spend less. But I'm also going to tighten my belt when it comes to my business. I'm not going to hire as many new people. And I may wind up laying some folks off. I may even move to independent contractors so that I don't have to pay um, health insurance and such. You see, as the video stated, there's, what we're having here is a failure to communicate a catch-22 situation, and there's no easy answer. But what is certain, what this audio that you just heard makes perfectly clear, what is inevitable is the day of reckoning for us all in more ways than one. So what we have, folks, is a president who is simply presiding over the management of our inevitable decline as one the once most powerful nation on the planet. That's... That's the sad truth of it. I mean, seriously. Now, I could argue that had we elected Mitt Romney, that he would have at least lessened the blow a little, probably for forestalled the or stalled the 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 inevitable decline. But he was not going to be the man to stop it. He could have slowed, he most likely would have slowed events down a bit. And just a, just a bit, a few years until we perhaps were able to figure something out. Some other plan. But what, what I find so very interesting is that you liberals, 
out there are in love with this president. You believe in him specifically and his policies. And I've had some friends say, uh, for example, like Obama girl, and, and even some close friends, some friends who work at the Washington Post say, well, Obama cares about people. He cares about the middle class. He wants he, he wants things to get better for the middle class. And if you rich people have to pay a little bit more, then so be it. But, folks, the numbers do not lie. Under this president, we're not going to go over a cliff where we're all, you know, digging in dumpsters looking for chow. No, I don't believe that. But under your president, your savior, liberals, eventually, eventually a lot of you are going to be much poorer than you are now. You will be. Not me. No, no, no. But you will be. And you'll owe it all to the man that you believe is your savior, who has a good heart, who who wants America to be a much better place. He believes in the middle class. He believes in America. He's a real American. He's going to bring this country to its knees. The call in number is 347-884-8500. And you're listening to me, the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Now, the poverty president, shared prosperity or shared sacrifice? Which is it? Mitch McConnell uh, says that Obama's tax proposal is a joke. Well, I suppose there's not going to be any tax increases because in order for Obama to increase taxes, he has to go through Congress. The Senate can't do it. The president can't raise taxes on his own as much as he might try. He has to go through the Congress. And if, in fact, he does not bend a great deal in this in this area, he will be the one who presides over... Well, you know what I said earlier about this president, about us not digging through dumpsters looking for food under this president? Let me take that back. If we have uh, the fiscal cliff, if, if, we, if we go through that, and Obama doesn't strike a deal with Congress to avoid this, Millions more people are going to be out of work. Millions more. Imagine millions of hundreds of thousands of veterans out looking for work. Uh, government service workers out looking for work. Yeah, they'll lose their jobs too. And thousands of factory workers, uh, McDonnell, Douglas, uh, Boeing, all those folks who you know, used to work to create the hardware for the military and all that, they're out of work too. How soon before we have riots like, uh, like in Greece or the UK? How soon before that occurs? And we have more and more homeless people. And the fact that there aren't enough rich people on the planet, least of all here in the United States, to see that these people are taken care of, well, I hasten to mention it, but what we have here, what we will have is a an antichrist-like situation. Revelation coming down. Yeah, I said it. That's what I'm talking about. A serious problem. 
an opinion piece just came out recently that said Obama will divide America even further in his second term. Anyone who thinks Barack Obama is finished as divider-in-chief ought to think again. In his modus operandi, it is his modus operandi, the article reads, and he credits the divide-and-conquer approach with any and all of his successes throughout the years. The strategy is simple. Rather than trying to rally the nation around a cause, a policy proposal, or a philosophy, stir them up in hostility to the enemy. Ferment and encourage anger, resentment, and bitterness, and then ram through whatever radical agenda you want. Mr. Obama knows this strategy keeps him from having to defend his own ideas, and he has perfect, perfected his technique. He was already known as the master of agitation as a Chicago community organizer. If people become angry enough, if they can be convinced to fear any alternative approach, Mr. Obama knows truth is irrelevant. He can march unobstructed by dissent on his way to fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Well, that's a quote and end quote. You know what? Let's go there. Let's go there. Doesn't this sound a little bit like... Um, Revelations, a little bit, uh, Antichrist kind of stuff, <laughs> doesn't it really? Well, we're going to take a short break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Good afternoon, and welcome to another exciting episode of Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the hostess with the most, just the radio chick, Annie, along with the coolest co-host, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Annie. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. As always, Southern Sense with the radio chick, Annie, as you just heard, Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Live and direct with Cheeky Rocks. Yo, yo! Ah! Yo, yo, what's going on, my people? What's going on, my peeps? Cheeky loves his peeps. He loves his radio family. And you can join him Monday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 4 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conservative Primetime. I'm your host, GDT. Speaking of a little less bark and a little more bite, Conservative Primetime is not a show to relax to. It'll get you going weeknights at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, the headmaster himself, the situation report, C. Jones, In the interest of full disclosure, I have had just a little bit to drink. <laughs> and catch the situation report weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a group of patriotic internet radio hosts. And they would very much like you to join them. And brush your teeth. I mean, tell your friends. All right, welcome back, folks, to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. In his second term, in Obama's second term, we will not see him turning into the great compromiser, a la Bill Clinton. Instead, Fasten your seatbelts for more division and vilifying of Republicans or any individual or group who disagrees with the Obama way. In every arena, we're about to see an unprecedented level of division in our nation. Intensified class warfare, Mr. Obama will say Republicans are so immersed with mega-wealthy folks that they're willing to ignore the will of the people to protect them. Never mind the fact that the exit polls 
suggest that voters specifically said they did not want increased taxes to pay down the deficit. If Republicans try to hold firm on this key philosophical point, that would be disastrous during a fiscal crisis to raise taxes on the job creators. Mr. Obama will come after them with both barrels. He will not argue the philosophical point that it makes economic sense to raise taxes now because even he even he doesn't believe that no nor will he tell the truth he wants to raise taxes punitively on uh, the successful in order to redistribute wealth in the nation from each according to his ability to each according to his need. Instead, he'll say that Republicans want to reward what must have been economic malfeasance, lying, cheating, and stealing, among those who have achieved success and destroyed the hopes of the less fortunate from ever entering the middle class. That's Obama's philosophy. Because he believes that people like me, who started out pretty much dirt poor, you know, eating mayonnaise sandwiches, oh yeah, Kraft macaroni and cheese with Oscar Mayer hot dogs, cheese filled of course, cut up inside for dinner and then for breakfast the next day. Yeah, I used to be that guy, sure. Taking stuff to the local pawn shop in order to pay a bill here or there or just buy some groceries. I used to be that guy. Then I decided I didn't want to be that guy anymore. I used to be that guy, listen, as a, as a United, a young corporal in the United States Marine Corps, I was the guy I just told you about. But instead of asking for something for nothing... I decided I was going to go ahead and get my education through the through the Marine Corps, even if it meant giving the Marine Corps another 20 years of my life, or 25, or 30. Not that I didn't love the Corps, I do. And it was my calling, and I answered my calling. But nevertheless, in order for me to obtain the education I desired, I needed to, to give back to the military, and I did so. And I did rather well for myself as a Marine officer and as a business person after leaving. But he believes that somehow my success should be punished in the form of taking from me to give to somebody else, the Robin Hood effect. This is where we run into serious philosophical differences the president doesn't want everybody to do well. He wants everybody to be on an even playing field. He wants everybody to do bad. And when everybody does bad, then you don't even notice that everybody's doing bad. Because we're all pretty much the same. We're all in the same boat. We're all, you know, taking stuff to the local pawn shop to try to get some... uh you get some potatoes and some bread, like I used to do. We're all in the same boat. And that's what these liberals are really all about. They're not going to stop until everything is equal in everybody's house, except, except when it comes to them. You see, President Obama is not going to be poor by any means. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Obama used to be quite poor. He spent so much money in his failed campaign against Bobby Rush back home in Chicago for uh, for a, con a congressional seat that his wife, Michelle, had already had divorce papers drawn up. It's the truth. She said that he screwed up their finances so bad that their relationship was almost beyond repair. And he went whining and crying to one of his wealthy friends. And the wealthy friend fronted him 
about $40,000 to help pay his campaign loans off and put food on the table. Also, he hooked up with that crook Tony Resco and got himself a sweetheart deal over in beautiful Hyde Park in Chicago. That sort of smoothed the feathers a little bit for Michelle, and she decided to put the divorce on hold. But now, Obama's living large. Not only is he living in the White House and he's president of the United States, but he's filthy rich to boot. He doesn't seem to have a problem with him, with, with, with being rich himself. And do you think that when Obama leaves office in four years, that he's just going to go back to Chicago and live in that nice brownstone in Hyde Park and chill? He's rich now. He's got a fine Secret Service detail for the rest of his life. The kids, Michelle, and they're living large, rich, rich as these. But a lot of you guys say, you know, well, he deserves it. You'll say that he deserves to be rich because he was the president and he was a good president. So any accolades and and money that he gets from being president is a good thing while you're struggling to put gas in your car. But what Obama is preaching is that those evil rich people have too much. Ask yourselves, liberals, why Obama doesn't just give his salary to charity. Or perhaps the money he made from his book deals. Why hasn't he given all of that money to homeless shelters or abortion clinics or such? Why hasn't Obama given away his money? Or perhaps those African Americans, <clears throat> black folks, who are living through 14.2% unemployment across the country, maybe he should dole out some of that jack he's got stashed to some of them. Why not do what President Kennedy did? When he was president, being as rich as he was, he gave his entire yearly salary as president to charity. But you don't see any of that going on in the Obama administration. Obama's not giving anything to charity. And he's not why why not give his salary to charity? Why not put his money where his mouth is or his philosophy is? And give away his stuff to show us all how it's done. No, Obama will leave office in four years. A very wealthy man. And of course, the speaking tours, the book tours, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a pop. Remember Bill Clinton? Poor as a damn dirt farmer. When he was governor of Arkansas. Making what? He what did he make as governor? Thirty, forty thousand dollars a year? I'm talking dirt poor. Now he's one of the richest men in America. But he's not giving away his money either. Do you see the hypocrisy here, liberals? <laughs> Do you? These guys are going to leave office richer, much richer than when they entered. But you liberals don't seem to have a problem with that at all. Not at all. How amazing. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be right back. of Barack Obama, any chance at overturning Obamacare has disappeared. Now that's shocking enough, but even more shocking, if less surprising, is the revelation that the economic realities that follow Obamacare simply will not be allowed to happen. Joining me now to explore our brave socialist future are comrades Steve Green and Scott Ott. Uh, well, lads, uh, not long ago, one of the owners of a string of Applebee's restaurants, that's not the corporate office, but rather a franchise owner, had the poor taste, the bitter clinging rancor, and the rank unpatriotism to announce that since Obamacare had to be implemented and since implementing it cost a ton of money, well, that meant he was going to have to sort of freeze hiring in order to make up the losses. And instantly, the Twitterverse erupted in outrage. Vindictive, bitter, a sore loser, all of that. 
Steve, should Comrade franchise owner voluntarily submit himself for re-education and a vigorous round of self-criticism for his backward-thinking attempt to make business sense out of the glorious new world that we just voted for again? Yeah, you know, it's, it's one thing to joke about that, but the problem is you know how this works. The solution to problems created by big government is more big government. So when Obamacare has all these unintended consequences, and uh, I don't know how ent- unintended they really are since the eventual goal is single payer and complete control over uh, the practice and, and, and uh, of medicine in this country, We've added a buck eighty to the cost per hour of every single employee in the world, and who is that going to hurt the most? It's going to hurt the the, the 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 young who are just starting out. That's going to hurt the people without a whole lot of talents who uh, who need every break they can get. And yeah, we need more truth telling on this. We've needed truth telling on this for two years now. We're finally starting to get it, and the price is going to be incredibly, incredibly high. Yeah. Scotty, right now, it's just this, just bullying and moral intimidation, but as the consequences of Obama's economic realities, most of which, as you may recall, were intentionally pushed back into a second term. As those realities start to strike home, do you think we'll start to see legislative action to protect Obama's reputation and the media narrative from the grim reality of those bourgeoisie economics? Well, you're going to see legislative action to, you know, it's like that old tale of the kid who was trying to plug the hole in the dike with his finger, you know, and next thing you know, another hole appears because you can't outsmart the markets. I mean, eventually, if you go to, you know, full out dictatorship, you can Mm -hmm. maybe clamp down on things and scare the tar out of people. But the reality is markets will find a way and no businessman is going to get himself into a situation where he's unnecessarily paying for something. He doesn't have to pay for. And so if it's cheaper to pay the fine, he'll pay the fine. And if it's cheaper to say, you know what, this only affects businesses with more than 50 employees, I'm going to reduce each unit of my business to fewer than 50 employees. And, you know, there, there are so many ways to get around this. If it's cheaper for my employees uh, to – it only affects employees who work more than 30 hours a week, none of my employees are going to work more than 30 hours a week. The markets can't be fooled. The voters can be fooled, apparently, but not the markets. Spot on. You know, Steve, in my last afterburner, I made the case that people voted for socialism as they cannibalized the carcass of capitalism. In other words, no one's had to feel the pain of these policies yet, but they're starting to feel them now. Uh, This guy said he couldn't afford to hire new people and still implement this health care policy. So do liberals have a right to be outraged over this or is this absolutely essential to have any chance of recovery whatsoever? Uh, look, let, let's talk instead about the real cost of this. And it's it's not that employees are going to cost more. It's not that there's going to be less work for more people. It's not that hours are going to be cut back or the corporations are going to shrink down to, 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 to fewer than 50 employees. The real cost in this is the innovation that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, a small company, you go back to, to, to the two Steves in, 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 oh, yeah, in yeah, Steve yeah. Jobs' garage in the 1970s. They took a huge chance. Uh, hiring a lot of people without a whole lot of money and with only one product. And they were able to do that because they were able to do that. They didn't have all of this regulatory expense burden on them. Where is the next Apple going to come when you suddenly have this huge fine for hiring that 50th and that 51st employee? Who is going to be the next challenger to, to the next IBM? It's, it's, they're freezing the economy in place. Uh, progressivism is essentially futile, and, and we're going to be suffering for this for generations because of it. That's right. And obviously, once businesses stop getting more than 50 people, they'll legislatively lower the size to businesses with 20 employees or more, 10 or 1. Uh, Scott, more or less the same question. Is it time for people to start paying for the consequences of how they vote? Well, yeah, they're, they're already paying for the consequences of how they vote. But, but the, another thing that's going to happen here is that companies aren't going to hire Americans. I mean, they're already doing that already when they can find a better markets overseas. But, you know, the employees in Indonesia don't need to be provided with any kind of uh, gold-plated health care program. And they, they will find people in other places to do the work. We are chasing people out of the American market. And it makes no sense whatsoever 
it will ultimately cost, and people will finally figure it out. Now, the question is, though, will they be able to put it together? Will they be able to say, ah, economy tanking, uh, Obamacare driving up costs? Will, will that nexus ever happen? And frankly, after last Tuesday, I'm skeptical. One thing you can count on is that when this is all over and Barack Obama leaves office in 2016 or 2017, I guess, He'll have blamed everything on Bush, and he would have been that close if he'd only had a third term. Well, folks, pretty much all of the problems we face today are due to a long and extremely pleasant vacation from reality. We'd stockpiled so much wealth and so many freedoms that we kept spending both freely, just binging away the interest and then dipping into the principle, calm in the knowledge that our reserves of both freedom and money were infinite. So no pain, all gain. Now, all right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones situation report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Where are we, folks? I thought naively that the election would end with uh, Mitt Romney uh, becoming president because Barack Obama had not done anything that he really said he would do um, in terms of our economy and bringing America together. He has divided this country mightily. If there is such a thing as an antichrist here in America, Barack Obama is, is it. He is dividing this country in order in order to see his vision of fundamentally transforming the United States come to pass. And it and it's not a good thing. But yet so many Americans went to the polls and voted him for a second term. I have no no reasoning for it other than there are a certain group of Americans who are either stupid or they want America to fail. They want us to be a mediocre company, even if it mean a country, even if it means that they suffer as well. How else do you explain having a liberal say, "Well, I'm for Obamacare. I believe that more people should be insured, regardless of whether they can pay or not." But. More people being insured means that the health care system is watered down to the point where your health care is in perilous straits. Well, I don't care. I'm willing to suffer a little bit. I'm willing to suffer long lines. I'm willing to wait two or three weeks for a doctor visit as long as somebody else gets to see a doctor too. It's okay with me. I'll put away that gallbladder operation or 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 getting my wisdom teeth taken out or 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 that or the hernia operation as long as I know that there's someone out there who needs medical care that they can get it. I'll sacrifice a little, yeah, that's what happened that's what happened on election night they They just said they're willing to suffer more so someone else can suffer less it's a noble thing but they're dragging the rest of us who don't want to suffer needlessly for anybody they're dragging us along for the ride I enjoy the fact that I can pick up the phone and call my doctor and get an appointment I could call my doctor tomorrow at 10 and most likely he's got a spot for me at 12 or at 2 at the at the worst worst case scenario he wouldn't be able to see me until Monday but now with Obamacare kicking in there being fewer doctors handling more patients well you can kiss our asses goodbye. Because now the, the the opportunity to get a good doctor and get in and get in and see the doctor and get out, it's diminished. Because now doctors will have to 
see more patients, spend less time with each patient, our health care is going to suffer. But there are those of you out there, you liberals, who say, I don't care about all that. I'm willing to risk my life and those of my family, especially the elderly people in my family, I'm willing for them to suffer and me so that somebody else can have health care. I, I applaud it, but I don't want to suffer. And quite frankly, I'm not going to. But, you know, it's like Donald Trump said in The Men Who Built America, the series that uh, I had a little bit to do with. When times are tough, the rich thrive. When times are tough, rich people do better. Because they're the ones who buy up all the stuff that you can no longer afford. And then they turn around and sell it. Wealthy people, folks, are not going to suffer. They're going to get good medical care, the ex the, the best money can buy. They're going to still ride around in their fine big cars. They're still going to live high on the hog. And you, you're the ones who are going to suffer as a result of your president's policies. Don't ever forget that. Just don't. And you're going to see all this come to pass very, very soon. I want to thank you all for listening tonight. You've been listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Hey, Wednesday and Thursday of next week, maybe Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday of next week, I will not be on the air. Hopefully I'll have a co-host, a, a, a substitute come in and do some shows for me those days. Um, so it, I, I'll be back on Monday to, to do my show then. But hey, I want to wish you all a, a very happy weekend, a very prosperous weekend. I hope everybody has a great time. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Like my main man, G-Ski, co-opted from me uh, at 2020 Radio, there are plenty of things you could be doing, but you come in, you take a few minutes, you listen to the show. You can find me on Spreaker Radio, Stitcher, and also download my shows uh, on iTunes. Uh, you take your time to listen to the show, and I do so appreciate it. You've made my shows one of the uh, most popular on Blog Talk Radio, and and, and I appreciate it. Uh, Have a good night, folks. God bless you. And yeah, 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 God bless the United States of America. We are out.